0: Patrick Beverly took a camera to show a referee that he missed a call. So, end of Celtics Lakers. LeBron James is hit on the arm for a potential game-winning layup. They do not call the foul. Clearly, a foul that the refs missed. LeBron falls to the ground. In yeah, agony. he uh, <laughs> he played up the
1: part. That was a starring role there in the uh, in the Broadway play for LeBron. I mean, I mean, he got he got fouled, but I'm, he. I'm, LeBron's probably our best
2: NBA actor <laughs> on and off the court. You see Space
0: Jam? I have not seen Space Jam. So three levels of this. <laughs> Clearly a missed call. LeBron James lost his mind, falls to his knees, yeah. is on all fours. like It's the most devastating moment he's had. And But none of that's as good as Patrick Beverly taking a camera from a media member. I don't know where that camera came from. Taking a camera from somebody on the sideline to show the referee, "Hey, I've got photo evidence that you missed this call," and then the ref teeing up, Patrick yeah. Beverly. <laughs> I'd love to know who gave him the camera. Oh, right. right? It had to be, like you said, the team reporter.
1: <laughs> are true. you? Sh-
0: I mean, if you were a reporter for a are you for a news outlet? It? Well, it was just camera. It was just still photo.
1: Okay, okay. It's not, it's not the whole play in right. motion. Right, it was
0: just still, I'm assuming somebody got a still photo of Tatum's arm on LeBron's forearm or elbow, wherever he hit him. And Beverly walked over and said, look, it's right here. He hit him on the arm. It's so great. Like, But in all honesty, if you were the photographer for the Review Journal, and Patrick Beverly comes over and says, what you got on that camera? <laughs> you're showing him,
2: right? You're like, sure. look at this, Pat. There you go. I'm genuinely surprised that hasn't happened to Cassie
0: Soto. <laughs> <laughs> so Celtics go on to win in overtime. LeBron should have had two free throws with less than a second to go in right. a tie game to win it. Lakers got hosed. Absolutely. Uh, but LeBron and Beverly, phenomenal end of regulation there from those two. You uh, liking what you see from the Lakers right now? On the court or that hilarious? No, not that hilarious. After this? I mean, they're... They're better, right? Right. They got Anthony Davis back, although neither of them played yesterday, I don't think. Um, So, yeah, I mean, if they've got Anthony Davis and LeBron, they've got a shot. They just don't really have enough else. There's not enough outside of those two to make it work. And do they make a trade for Fred Van Vliet or anybody? Uh, We'll see. Great question. Which, by the way, to add to that, uh, Miles Turner signed a contract extension with the Indiana Pacers mm-hmm. for two more years. He's getting $60 million more million Turner, remember, with Buddy Heald, was rumored to be going to the Lakers in a trade that would have sent Russell Westbrook to Indiana. But the Pacers wanted two first-round picks. The Lakers were not willing to give right. them two first-round picks. So that trade never happened. And now that Turner has signed an extension in Indiana, he's not going to right. the Lakers in a trade. So it would have to be fred van vliet or somebody else the lakers go out and get they need shooting is what they need the whole Miles turner buddy Heald trade miles turner's a center that shoots threes and buddy Heal's one of the better three-point shooters in the league i think this year by percentage that's why they wanted him. they need shooters so maybe it's somebody else but even if they got fred van vliet it doesn't feel like that's enough to win a title but mm. eh, van vliet lebron and anthony davis is sort of a big three? It's probably enough it's to win, win a playoff game or a playoff or two.
1: series or you know, maybe a playoff series.
0: If they're healthy, it's January 30th. Playoffs are four months away, and Anthony Davis has plenty of time to not be to hurt again. <laughs> uh oh, uh, we'll see. Joel Embiid had 47 and 18 in a win over the Nuggets. We got Joel Embiid versus Nikola Jokic. And Embiid had 47 and 18. Jokic had 24 and 9. So basically doubled him up in points and rebounds. Embiid was not named an all-star starter, though.
1: Okay, would you have picked him over the three that were?
0: Uh, Embiid definitely deserves to be an all-star starter over Durant. Um, probably deserves it over Tatum and Giannis, too. Really? I mean, yeah, he's the. Le- I think he's still leading the league yeah. in scoring this year. Like, he's phenomenal. Now, Tatum, Durant, and Giannis, the-, the real concern, or real issue, I should say, and Doc Rivers brought this up, is that all star voting—it's the way it's designated—is two backcourt players and two frontcourt players. So in the East, the real problem is that Kyrie Irving is an All Star starter. Yeah. When, when Embiid definitely deserves it over him, and all three—Tatum, Durant, Giannis—deserved over Ky- Like that's the big one. But because it's two backcourt, three frontcourt, Embiid doesn't have to beat out Kyrie. He's got to beat out Tatum, Durant, and Giannis. So, if they just did five best it's five players, I think Embiid would have been one of the starters and Kyrie Irving would have been out. But Doc Rivers complained about that. Eh. Does does it matter? There's no contract that's in it for All-Star starter, is there? No. I know all all NBA there's some contract uh you get more money uh, on your max when you sign it if you're all NBA, but I'm pretty sure All-Star starter doesn't yeah. matter. So, eh. K-Long told me a couple days ago. I, you got to get rid of this echo. <laughs> I can't talk. I'm drunk. Whatever. <laughs> the Texans are expected to hire D'Amico Ryans. He's been the 49ers defensive coordinator the last two seasons, and he's been on the 49ers staff since 2017.
1: Is that a good hire for the Texans? I think it is. I think he was probably in line as one of the top assistants in the league to get a job. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Defensive guy. Um, They're going to have... It'd be interesting to see who he gives the offense over to. Because they're going to have a brand new young star quarterback, supposedly. Presumably. Presumably. My my general thought on this, though,
0: is you don't hire a defensive coach to be your head coach. Because of that? Just because offense dominates the game. And you need great offensive play calling. And you need great offensive minds basically and generally speaking if you're a great offensive mind you are a head coach or you will be a head well, coach soon so if you're a defensive coordinator and you need to hire a good offensive coordinator it's going to be hard to because all those guys are our head coaches or well, you're
1: going to lose them so you're forgetting that bobby petrino is going to take the offensive <laughs> coordinator job there.
0: that would be incredible
1: so you know i mean <laughs> they're going to be fine From you to texas a and yeah, to the nfl yeah. in, he's in texas and what not he even just, have to go far No, he just gets in the car and drives over if he did that <laughs> in what else great season, we, we have to get pat 40 back
2: on just for him and i'll get the dump buddy button ready <laughs> i'd actually at that
0: point i don't even think you can complain about petrino that's just impressive he's just consistent no, right that's just impressive if you did, if you did another job this offseason, and you got to the NFL, right again, you so you went from Missouri State to the NFL with three stops in between. In and like did about not three coach months, a game in about three months yeah. between Thanksgiving and Valentine's Day. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd just be impressed. I'd be like, all right, that's Bobby. Very Petrino few people for can you. do that. I don't care about your Next question. The Cowboys fired Kellen Moore, or technically, they mutually yeah, they fired parted him. ways. Mike McCarthy is now expected to call plays in twenty twenty-three. Why? What what's I the point know. of this?
1: I have no idea what the point is. Are they they I mean he's the fall guy like Jay Williams said, you know, someone was gonna fall fall on the sword because of uh you know they didn't get farther in the playoffs. Maybe Kellen Moore's going to Houston. Oh.
0: would be bad. I saw the Chargers are interviewing Kellen Moore this morning. For their job? Because they fired their offensive coordinator.
1: All right. I mean I thought he did a good job. I thought their offense was really good. You right? Know?
0: Um this okay. This feels to me like Mike McCarthy got one more season and Kellen Moore was the twenty twenty three fall guy, or twenty twenty two, however you want to phrase that. And the next season, if they do not I don't know what the bar is, right? I doubt it's Super Bowl or bust, but if they do not make the NFC title game or whatever then there's no more, then it's obviously, oh, we're firing Mike McCarthy. This mm-hmm. feels like a slow, gradual process to, we want to fire Mike McCarthy, but for some reason, we're not doing it yet.
1: Well, you know, Jerry had a lot to say with this.
0: Right, which is what's strange to me is why, like, that that's what this feels like to me, is he wants to fire Mike McCarthy, but just isn't doing it. Why not? Or maybe he doesn't want to fire McCarthy and is somehow trying to convince himself over and over and over, it's not McCarthy's fault. No, it's fault. Kellen it's, Moore's fault. Kellen Moore's. It's everybody else. It's just... It's very strange to me that that would be the move when, I mean, Kellen Moore might be hired by the end of this show today. Yeah. Like, Kellen Moore's pretty well respected as far as I know. Absolutely. In the NFL. So just seems like Jerry Jones is either, is really trying to convince himself that it's not Mike McCarthy's fault.
2: I just genuinely always assume that his sons are in the room going, Dad, we got to get rid of this guy. And he's like, nah, I like him. I like him a lot. <laughs> wow. Sorry. Which one of
0: you guys played oh. in Arkansas?
2: <laughs> Thank you. Sorry. Sorry.
0: So it's basically Chris Ballard, the Colts GM, yelling at Jim Irsay about hiring Jeff Saturday. Jeff Saturday. Don't do this.
2: Yet, yep. they let They let, I want to say NFL films in one of the draft rooms when the Cowboys were going on that run of like, we are drafting the best offensive line available. And every time Jerry was like, we should really take this guy and steven jones was like dad not now
0: <laughs> joe burrow is expected go to do your radio show the highest paid player in the nfl burrow uh this year was the fourth year of his rookie contract so next year is his fifth year option and then the Bengals will presumably sign him to the biggest deal that any quarterback has gotten here's the question that every million team has to figure out when they pay their quarterback coming off a rookie deal Will they be significantly worse when they pay Burrow a bunch of money and don't have as much cap space to spend on the rest of the roster? I don't know
1: about significantly, but and I say this during the uh, during the Super Bowl. People thought that was going to happen to Kansas City right, with Tyree Kill and others. And it hasn't. Uh, and it hasn't. Yeah. So I can't sit here and say it's absolutely going to happen. You know, you're going to play Jamar Chase also? Probably.
0: I would assume you do. Yeah.
1: Um, I, I think...
0: This is the big, This is probably the most difficult question that teams run into where you have a quarterback play well on his rookie deal and then what does your roster, what does your cap space look like if you pay the guy versus if you let him go? Burrow is obviously one of the best quarterbacks in the league. You are obviously paying him. The question is how good is your front office to continue to keep a good roster around him? It's a difficult question for guys like Derek Carr, right? When the Raiders had Derek Carr on his rookie deal, should they have paid him? In hindsight, no, they shouldn't have. They should have done anything but pay Derek Carr, and that's the question that teams have to figure out. When you have a, well, he's above average, but we don't think he's great. Do you let that guy go? Right. Burrow's obviously great, and you're paying that guy pretty much every Whatever. single yeah, time, fifty right. plus. So Burrow's not a tough decision, but it is this that that is the, I think that's the defining point of NFL franchises. Do you or do you not pay the quarterback? And then how well do you build your roster once you do pay the quarterback? And we'll see what Cincinnati looks like in the future once Burrow. Again, they've got another year of his fifth-year deal, which is not $50 million. Right. They, they should still have a lot of cap space and a really good roster around them.
2: I'm just genuinely shocked that Mike Brown has any money. Because that's been the Bengals M.O. for years. Is We don't scout out of the Ohio area because we don't want to pay for the plane tickets outside of <laughs> you're going to take a gray hat and you're going to go look at people. I'm pretty sure They've that saving the money for Joe Burrow. I, I Well, I'm also pretty sure that until we gave a, a free stadium to another franchise, there were two owners in football that every, all the other owners went, you're not even a billionaire. Oh, Next question. Standing in your corner. Next
0: question. Missouri beat number 12, Iowa state. 78 to 61 in the sec big 12 challenge Desiree rie francois beat Beat tj osselberg oh man he
2: knew his weaknesses he advanced (laughs) scouted (laughs) he was on the sidelines She sent her husband
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh did you guys see uh indiana the part of a scoreboard fell on the court no. During it during was, the game? It was... Uh, somebody called a timeout, so the players were were mostly off the court, but there was one player still jogging off, and it fell 10 feet away from this player. Big, like, metal bar, basically. Just fell from the scoreboard. I think it maybe yeah, it was the roof.
1: Who's doing that scoreboard? Right
0: onto the floor. Like, that could have been genuinely awful. Yes. Like...
1: Fell on have, that kid?
0: Yeah. Would have probably killed somebody. Yeah. But... It didn't, which is good. But yeah, you just got scoreboards falling apart in college basketball, which is
1: not good for the company who does scoreboards.
0: Yeah, which is, I don't know who Indiana has, but Desiree Francois' husband worked for Daktronics. Mm -hmm. That's how she supposedly found TJ Otzelberger. So they need to stop being a search firm and start working on their scoreboards. Coming up next here on ESPN Las Vegas, we get into the Golden Knights. Fourth penalty shot of the year for the Knights. They're one for three. Carrier the lefty gets a shot away. Varlamov makes the save. Will lost the puck at the last
2: moment. Recovered in time. Tried to go five hole. Barlamov almost had it go through his legs entirely but it did
1: not. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Greeney and Tyler Bischoff.
0: The Golden Knights wrapped up their road trip before their break for the all-star game by losing to the Rangers and the Islanders Uh, did get a point against the Islanders because they managed to lose in overtime. So heading into the all-star break one note, the LA Kings do have one more game before the break. So that's the only thing that could change here. Everybody else in the Pacific is done. Seattle leads the division with 63 points. Vegas and LA are both on 62 the Edmonton Oilers are on 60 and the Calgary Flames with 57. Very tight in the Pacific Division. The Golden Knights have lost their lead in the Pacific Division going into the wild card, uh, excuse me, the wild card, the All Star break. And here's the biggest problem for this team they can't score. Where have we heard this before?
1: <laughs> Where?
0: Every year in the playoffs? <laughs> Every year in the playoffs. So. Golden Knight, one goal against the Islanders on Saturday, despite 45 shots on goal in six of their last seven games, they have scored two or less. The only time they scored more than that was when they put six past Washington, which we have officially credited to the Capitals going out the night before in the month of January, Vegas is tied for 31st in goals scored. And they're 30th in expected goal. So it's not even like, oh, they're just having bad luck. They're no, not creating They're, not. they're aiming anything. at the guy's chest. Yeah. <laughs> they can't score. And when we look at... Here, here's the problem, I think, with them not being able to score and going a whole month where they're one of the worst in the league's at it. Yes, they do not have Mark Stone. But Mark Stone did not miss the entire month of no, January. No,
1: he, he played in January. But
0: Mark Stone is not
1: a goal scorer. He's going to score
0: goals, but Mark Stone is not the guy that's scoring 50 goals. It's not like they're missing their leading goal Goal scorer scorer. on the team. They're missing a really good player who sets up other guys. Absolutely. But Mark Stone simply being healthy doesn't take this team from 30th in the league in expected goals or 31st in actual goals to like 8th or ninth in goals. Maybe they bump up the 22, but that's still not very good. The guys that are healthy and playing, they've got to be better. It's not just about Mark Stone here. They've got to get it's Jack Eichel who has not done anything. It's the have you seen Marcia the stats so, for the Misfit
1: line? Yeah, it's Marshall, it's Smith, it's Carlson. Smith hasn't scored in 12. Marshall hasn't scored in nine.
0: Carlson right. does have four in the last nine. He's like the only one out there doing anything. Like Eichel, at least Eichel lost his best line mate. Carlson, Marshall, and Smith, they got to keep playing together and just stop scoring until Cassidy broke them up against the Islanders. Their their five, six best forwards have been awful for a month. And I don't know how that just simply changes
1: once Mark Stone comes back. Do you think um Cassidy calling out Eichel helps Eichel? Or do you think that Eichel's the kind of guy who'll go into a shell and not like that?
0: Do we know enough about Eichel to answer that? I don't. Has he well, deleted Twitter?
1: Maybe he's taking over Logan Thompson's account. Does he have any snakes? That might be another uh, important question to ask. I mean, it, th- it seems like he's called him out, I guess, more than others. But- yes. But I think,
0: so I, I don't know how Eichel responds, responds to it. I do think it's fair, though, right? He deserves to be called out. He's the highest paid player on the team they sent a massive haul to get him. He's not supposed to do this. He's not supposed to go through ten game stretches where he can't score. Right? That's he's got the what one a points one point since Mark Stone's been out, and it's because he banked it off of William Carlson's skate right. into the net when he was trying to pass to somebody else. Like that's not supposed to happen when you get Jack Eichel. He's supposed to be good all of the time, and then especially when you're without your other best player in Mark Stone. That's when he's supposed to step up and. You know, overperform, and isn't it? He deserves. I think there's there's four main players that deserve it. I think it's Eichel and then the misfits, and maybe not so much Carlson. But I think those four deserve as much criticism as you can give right now because their biggest problem is their goal scoring. Right, and those four guys are the ones that should be doing. Phil Kessel's been good. They've scored two goals in two games. Kessel's got a goal and an assist in two games. He's, he's damn near the best forward on the team. Him and Will Carrier should be on the top
2: what line. What does that say? Right? This may be one of the dumber questions I've ever asked, but I'm genuinely trying to think back. Has Since the first year where a bunch of guys had a bunch of points and it was very weird, has anyone on this team been, like, top five in scoring
0: what do you mean? In the NHL? In the NHL? Ever? Yeah. Like, no. I mean, in Carl, their existence. Oh, no, no. They've never had... They, they Carlson just, went for 43 in his first year, and it's one of the biggest outliers probably in NHL history because okay. I don't think he's ever... has just, even had 30 in a season. I just feel like this but team no, never scored. They they've never, they've never had a true... Like, Max Pacioretty was the best version of, oh, that guy's a goal scorer. But even Pacioretty's not like a, oh, he's putting up 50. It's like they, a team of point guards. They, the main... Th- when George McPhee was the GM... The number one phrase that he loved to use was 200-foot player. And that's what Carlson is. That's what Stone is. That's what Riley Smith is. That's what they they were like. We want to build a team of 200-foot players. Because they, they, didn't, they didn't want to have a Phil Kessel out there. They didn't want to have a guy who's maybe only good at scoring, but literally does nothing else for your team. And that's a smart way to do it if those guys can all contribute 18 to 22 goals. The problem is right now when none of them score for like fifteen days, you're looking around saying, "Well, who the hell's supposed to score for this team?" Carlson,
1: Carlson since getting to forty three. This is in uh, in line with how, how many goals he scored in ensuing years: twenty four, fifteen, fourteen, twelve. Yeah. Is and I don't. What does he have this year? Yeah. Uh, nine, under ten. Yeah, nine, something
0: around that. 10. something around that mark. So he like, hasn't come close. Right. And here's the,
1: nobody expected no. him to keep going forty three again. Right. But you probably they expected, expected more 20. than 15, 14, and 12. Right. So Brandon Peary is currently a free agent.
0: <laughs> that's that's probably the best just like straight up goal scorer they've ever had. he's only 31. Might be Brandon Peary. But a big reason why Peary didn't stick around is because he wasn't the 200-foot player. He wasn't the guy that they trusted defensively, which is what Cassidy's run into this year with Phil Castle. He doesn't trust that guy to play him in important moments. Now... Recently he's the only one on the ice when they score, so <laughs> who cares if you give up goals? He's you gotta score to win. But that's their big issue. They can't score. I don't believe Mark Stone fixes that. And by the time we get to the end of the season, if they're in the playoffs, I think they'll still make it. If they're in the playoffs, we're probably talking about can this team score enough goals but, to win playoffs? Like series? we've been talking about the last right.
1: several years. Because
0: they don't have high-end goaltending. They have okay goaltending, but it's not high-end. They don't get goals from their defensemen, which maybe maybe Cassidy deserves a little bit of blame too because his general strategy doesn't ask for the defensemen to shoot. They don't, right. they don't pepper the net from shots from the point. They just don't do that, so you're not going to get many uh, goals from your defensemen. So maybe Cassidy deserves a little bit of blame as well, but it comes down to... The forwards on this team have to score, and because the roster is top-heavy, Carlson, Marcia, Smith, Eichel, and Winnie's backstone, back, Stone, and I guess we can throw Chandler Stevenson in there, those guys have to score. And if they're not, the Golden Knights do not have a chance. They're not going to make the playoffs if they don't the rest of the season, and if they do make the playoffs, they're not winning a round no. unless those five or six forwards are producing goals, which, to Jared's point, none of them are true just out-and-out goal scorers. No. So, and they've
2: never developed anyone. So they none of their young guys have ever turned out to be goal scorers. <laughs> yeah.
0: Logan Thompson is like literally the only. De- I guess Nick Hague. Those are like the only two true. Like, oh yeah, we drafted or signed him as an undrafted free agent, and he's a good. He's an made NHL an impact. Player. Every other one has either been traded away or just turned into yeah. nothing for this team. Maybe Zach Whitecloud gets a little bit of credit too, but that that's we're pushing. We're into year six, and they've got. Virtually nothing. Well don't worry, it's it's cup and seven, right? Almost. Almost. Coming up next here on ESPN Las Vegas, Miles Simmons joins the show.
1: There's a lot of pushing and shoving going on and why don't they just cool it and let this game come to its fitting conclusion? It has been dec Oh now they're they're gonna get now the that makes now. no sense. Look, they've lost. They've lost and they've lost in a very frustrating fashion. Boy, you listen to the crowd. You hate to see that. You absolutely hate to see that. I mean, they lost, but go home in dignity. It's the Press Box with Granny and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas.
0: <laughs> Jared, I'm assuming that's the Eagles Yeah. call of uh, yep. Trent Williams body slamming a guy by his neck. onto yeah. yep. Under the ground. <laughs> Good call. Oh, I appreciate that one. Joining us now from Pro Football Talk is Miles Simmons. Good morning, Miles. Hi, Miles.
3: Good morning, guys. Yeah, that was weird because both Trent Williams and then Kevon Williams were both ejected from that game. And I don't know what um, the Eagles' safety did to be ejected. But, I mean, cool, you got to go celebrate a little bit sooner, <laughs> I guess, after you got body slammed.
0: Right. He got, it was actually a reward. He got to get out of the cold. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah. Everyone should have been trying and to right. get ejected at the end of that game. Um, did you feel like the refs ruined the Chiefs-Bengals game last night?
3: No, and I, I, I understand why people think that, but but look, the Bengals got the stop All right, after that whole third-down ridiculous debacle. And Jesse Bates, Bengals' safety, was even talking about this after the game. and He said, look, we got the stop, so that – was not the big reason why we lost. And frankly, it wasn't. I mean, it was the Bengals' replacements on the offensive line. They had a backup right tackle. Chris Jones decides that he's going to go against that guy on third down and eight, and he just embarrasses him and gets a sack. And I mean, that's after they gave up third and 16 on the previous set of downs. So Cincinnati had every opportunity that they could have had to win that game. They didn't do it.
1: How bad did you feel for Joseph Asai?
3: Uh, I mean, kind of bad, but I don't know. It's a, it's a mistake. It, it, people make mistakes, but like, dude, like that's a bad one. Yeah. And <laughs> you, 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 just you can't do that. And, and I know that people are going to say, oh, because he was a quarterback. It's not. That could have been Isaiah Pacheco. It could have been Travis Kelsey. It could have been Marquez Valdez Scantling. I mean, anytime a person is that far out of bounds and you're shoving them, I understand that. There's part of it's just instinct, and it's like, oh, I have to do something but you can't do that and, and you know hopefully he learns from it and hopefully it's not um, just the def- one defining moment of his career
0: I think the part of the reason the refs got uh blown up last night was as a collective as a you know football media football fan we wanted so badly that to be Mahomes and Burrow we wanted that to be quarterback first quarterback and because neither one of them was actually that good especially in the fourth quarter like they both had chances to go take the lead and didn't really do it. Uh, calls ultimately were what decided the game-winning field goal. Even if they were the right calls, people were just upset because they didn't get the great quarterback play to finish off a game.
3: Well, and also, yeah, it wasn't, you know, Bill's Chiefs like it was last year, right, where it was just like, you know, doing, uh, like, uh, taking a pixie stick, I'll be child-friendly, right to the face, you know, for hours and hours. That's not what this was last night. I mean, but what it I also don't think that, there's the holding on that last play. You know, you can look at it from the TV angle and you see one thing, and then you look at it from uh, the all 22 angle from behind it, and that's another thing, right? Because you see that uh, the Bengals are trying to do rip moves, and actually a rip move is in the playbook as something that does not induce holding. So everybody wants to, you know, make it about the officials and this and that, and I understand that, but I think that that was too heavyweight dudes, you know, and two heavyweight teams slugging it out. right? And that's what a rivalry should be. And now I think it is a rivalry because we've seen the Chiefs win. So it, it was just two high-level football teams playing high-level football, and that's where you're not necessarily going to get, you know, quarterbacks winging it all over the field like we saw with Bill's Chiefs a year ago. Uh,
1: can say, because say, you, you know, we can't prove it, but if Purdy doesn't go down... What was your thoughts going into that game in terms of the Eagles and their and you know their chances of, even if Purdy doesn't go down?
3: Well, I, I thought the Eagles were probably going to win because I, I thought that their fronts were going to be able to do more against um, the San Francisco fronts, and I think even without Purdy in there, we kind of saw that. You know, I, I mean, it was pretty much a dominant effort from that Eagles defense. And you look at somebody like Hassan Reddick, who, I mean, kind of an afterthought on the free agent market last year, he goes out, he's leading league in sacks, he's almost leading the league in sacks, or he's leading league, I think he's not leading the league. Sorry, this is not a very good answer for me right now. But <laughs> what happens is you see him and he's dominant the way that he is, and you try to block him with a backup tight end, and your quarterback gets hurt. That's bad scheme by Kyle Shanahan, who I think is, probably was the best play caller and the best schemer offensively in the NFL with all due respect to Andy Reid and Eric Enemy. So that's bad in and of itself. And when you get your quarterback hurt because of that, it seems to me that your game plan wasn't all that great. So I think the outcome probably would have been the same either way.
0: Does Shanahan deserve a lot of criticism after that game? Or is that just a uh, being dealt a hand that's so bad it doesn't matter what he did? Why would-
3: I think it's a little he deserves some criticism because like I said it's not good scheme when you're trying to have a backup tight end get somebody who has been as dominant as Saan Reddick has throughout the course of the season. And the other thing that, you know, people have been talking about is oh man, he should have challenged that play. How is he supposed to challenge that play when every replay it looks like he caught it that he saw I mean, he even said it after the game, I was surprised they showed a replay and the replay looked like he caught it. So, of course, you're going to keep that flag in there. And you also have to contend with the Eagles going quickly. Um, the, the other part of it that, you know, I'm like, I don't know, is when people are saying, oh, man, we need to have a third emergency QB active on game day again. And it shouldn't count against the roster. Why? Whose third quarterback is any good? (laughs) I I, I, I said all this stuff yesterday, people were like, oh my gosh, we need to do this, we need to do that. Really? Because I don't know how the outcome of the game is going to be any different. Brock Purdy is a third-string quarterback, yes, but everybody else's third-string quarterback stinks. So it doesn't matter. You have two QBs, and if your backup QB isn't good enough, then it doesn't matter. I mean, come on. I think that we don't need to change the rules for that.
2: We need it to work like hockey where it's some guy from the booth is the emergency third quarterback. Oh, right. So Tony <laughs> yeah. Tony Romo is like, I gotta get down there.
3: And they have Brian Greasy too. I mean, he's a quarterback coach. I knew he was old as hell, but like he could have suited up and it probably would have looked better.
0: Uh is Kellen Moore a weird scapegoat in Dallas
3: to you? Yes. Um, because it, i think part of it is Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore was a married That was kind of arranged, you know, because Kellen Moore was already there under Jason Garrett. And I think there was some thought of let's keep continuity with Dak Prescott as our quarterback um, in the system. He's young, he's growing. And it's not like Kellen Moore was doing an awful job. I I think that there are other elements at play where your in game management late in games is something that leaves things to be desired. And that has more to do with your head coach. But you know, Mike McCarthy's seat probably going to feel a little hotter, you know, going into next season. And I think that if he's going to go down, he probably wants to go down his own way. And he has been a successful offensive coach in the past, so to me, it makes sense that he would want to do things his way and take over the play calling again, um, rather than having it be Kellen Moore.
1: How quickly does Kellen Moore get a job?
3: Probably very quickly. And uh, uh, reports were at NFL Media that he. I was meeting with the Chargers about their offensive coordinator vacancy. There are so many OC vacancies that Kellen Moore is going to be fine. I I think that that one um, with Los Angeles actually would be a great fit, um, both for him and for Justin Herbert. And you also got to think, look, if Brandon Staley does some weird Brandon Staley stuff again, maybe Kellen Moore (laughs) could become the interim to being the actual head coach. Uh,
0: Before we let you go, uh, do you have a strong opinion on D'Amico Ryan's any idea? If you think that's a good hire for the Texans, if they do in fact make him the head coach.
3: Well, I I think he's done a great job with what he um, has been handled um, handed. I should say over the last couple of years um, with the 49ers. I I think it's a neat story that he was a player there. Now he's going to be a coach there, presumably. Um, But, You know, who knows what they're going to do. Love you, Smith. Gave him a nice, you know, kind of turd in the sandbox on the way out with that win over the Colts in week 18 so that they no longer have number one overall pick.
0: Well, he is (laughs) Miles Simmons, uh, again, from Pro Football Talk. Miles, we appreciate your time this morning.
3: All right, thanks, guys. Take 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 care. care.
0: So there's Miles Simmons from Pro Football Talk on the NFL.
2: You don't tell a guy, hey, we're going to fire you after this and expect them to, like... (laughs) do great work. Like if I was a McDonald's fry cook or a fry cook of any kind, and they're like, yeah, we're firing you at the end of the shift. Don't expect me to get anything out on time.
0: All right. We've got a chance to win a pair of tickets to give away to the 20th annual hall of fame players party hosted by Warren moon, Shannon sharp, Charles Woodson. It's Friday, February 3rd at resorts world. And we've got a chance for you to win a pair of tickets. Again, you'll be qualified to go to the Hall of Fame Players Party on February 3rd, hosted by Warren Moon, Shannon Sharp, and Charles Woodson. 702-364-1100. That's the phone number. You'll get qualified to win a pair of tickets to go to the Hall of Fame Players Party. We'll take caller number three. It's 702-364-1100. Chris Jones,
2: need to see you, 95.
0: Dunlap also lining up inside. Over the right guard, Max Sharpery third down at eight cincinnati burrow retreating and now he's gonna be sacked down he goes down he goes chris jones destroying the blocker on the near side and the chiefs will call timeout at 39 seconds
1: left in regulation chris jones wiping out akeem adenogy it appears the right tackle the former all big Eighter from ku
0: losing on the outside shoulder chris jones
1: We're back to the press box with Grainy and Bischoff. Okay, we got a couple of things.
0: First off, did that play call just say the former all big
2: aider? No. I wanna say it was the former big
0: all gator. Like he played at Florida. Is that where he played? Yeah. Okay. I thought I I thought he called him a big aider. In in reference to the Big 8. That would have been a while ago. Which is from like the
2: early
1: say, 90s. I was going to say, if he's still playing, golf clap.
2: <laughs> well, no wonder he got his ass, his ass kicked by Chris Jones on that play. He's 40. I don't even
0: think Tom Brady was in college when the Big 8 still existed. I'm like, on it. That's what I thought he was saying was the Big 8, which is the Big 12, but before they added Texas. Yeah. Texas has joined and left the Big 8. Yep. In the time that that guy would have been in the league. Um, also, it looks like Kellen Moore is getting a job before the show ends. Um, the, according to Ian Rappaport, uh, the Chargers are expected to hire Kellen Moore to be their offensive coordinator. Uh, we talked about this to start the 8 o'clock hour. I jokingly said he might have a job before the show is over. Beat us by an
1: hour and ten. He had a job like, before the hour was geez. over. We're, we're not even to the we're not even to the remix <laughs> at nine o'clock. So yeah, Kellen Moore got hired by
0: the Chargers. Which, if you're the Cowboys, uh, that's not a good sign when you fire somebody and he He's is fine. immediately hired <laughs> In for about the same five role five minutes right, and goes to a better quarterback right, and and if you're Kellen Moore, are you okay? How excited are you if you're Kellen Moore? You get Justin Herbert. But you're also now with the Chargers who, regardless of coach and quarterback, find a way to not have success. Well, Tom, hold on. What do you got, Jared? Tom Brady was the backup quarterback in 1996. The Big
2: 8 ceased to exist in 1996. Oh, oh he just season. made it under the wire. That he got is, it.
0: Same year.
2: We have crossover. So he
0: did... He, So he didn't play in the Big 8, but he existed when Big Eighters would have existed. Yes. Which, by the way, that's what we need to start calling, like, the all-conference teams. I don't want all Big 12. They need to be Big 12ers.
1: (laughs) Mountain Westers? Mountain Westers. Yes. Whackers? He's (laughs) all (laughs) Mount Wacker. (laughs)
2: Well,
1: (laughs) the Whackers. Whacking that thing around. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I don't even, this Whacking would be way better. Around. Play it again, Jared. Nobody heard it. It was like on the volume. was Whacking way too that low. thing around. <laughs> that would be wouldn't you rather be an all mountain wester <laughs> or mountain all, whacker than first team all mountain <laughs> west? A big 12 would be cool, right? It'd be way better. I do SEC or might not be yeah. that cool. Big 10 big 10 big, big 12 pack 12er. Yeah. yeah, these are all way more fun than first team all pack 12.
2: I mean, it. I would also like instead of it being called the SEC for it to be called the SEC. So you're a secker. Yeah. All
1: right. He's you doing, you you're a do you are a the ACC? ACCer. An acker. An acker. acker. <laughs> so the way a- better. AAC. The
0: AAC. What is that
2: one? That's that's an acer? difficulty. No, no. That's an A, a- acker. A acer. A acer.
0: This is way better. This is way better than what we're doing right now. I need the Mountain West to become the leaders, the 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 frontiersmen of this, and start awarding the Mountain Westers, or the slight variation, the Mountain Whackers. First team is Mountain, <laughs> Mountain Westers. Whackers. Second team is Mountain Whackers. Whackers. <laughs> this is good radio. Uh, so the question I was going to ask, is Kellen more excited today? I mean, I would be. Or is there a part of Kellen Moore that's like, oh boy, the Chargers? Well. I'm getting fired. Because he, here's here's the thing as a coach in football. You get fired a lot. Sure. And if you're not the head coach, even if you don't get fired and he gets fired, you're getting a new job. Brandon Staley very well could get fired next year.
1: So. Kellen Moore might be looking for a Kellen new Moore's, job. R- if Kellen Moore is really, really good, he might be like Miles said, he might be the coach. Well, if he's really, really good, they're not going to suck, right? I mean, it's the Chargers. It's I guess they can.
3: They had <laughs> yeah. the one
0: year where they led the league in total offensive yards and total defensive yards and missed the playoffs, yeah. which is the most incredible thing that's ever happened. So I guess he could be really good and they could miss. But I have to imagine if he's really good, they're like a 12-win team. They're in the playoffs and they win a playoff game. And... I assume that's enough to keep Staley around, right? You're probably not firing Staley, even if he loses in the second round of the playoffs. But if he's really bad, then you don't want him to be your interim, right? You'd say, oh, yeah. you sucked, So we want somebody else in. So I, I think he's probably excited because, oh, it's Justin Herbert. But there should also be a level of, I might get this for one year, and then I'm gone because Staley gets fired. Right. And if Staley gets fired, presumably the new coach would bring in his own guy or... I guess it could be like Dallas where McCarthy came in and just inherited Kellen Moore, but be a fun situation there. So Kellen Moore got a job within the hour. Good for him. Bad for the Cowboys. Mike, Mike McCarthy's going to call some good plays next year. Isn't he?
1: Mike McCarthy's got one more year. Cause I, I don't know. I mean, I, he's been, he's been good in the past at certain situations, but, uh, McCarthy, but I think he's got. one. I think Miles is right. I think he knows he's got one more year. He's and this is why he moved on. He wants all power in his final year, and I just don't think they'll do well enough to save his job.
0: What's the level of success they have to do to save his job with
1: Jared? Oh, that's tough. Because I think Dallas not
0: embarrass themselves in a playoff game. I think
1: McCarthy, yeah. and I mean, did they
0: really embarrass themselves? They lost by yeah, like 19-12. Yeah, I mean they didn't <laughs> score, but but like. Well, you got the offensive coach and the offensive coordinator. I think Staley and McCarthy are in sort of a similar p- position where it's like, all right, so what's enough to save your job? Because both of them made the playoffs this year. Both of them had a good team, and people were like, oh, ah, you got to fire that guy. So it's like, do they do they have to go to the conference championship game to save their jobs?
1: Maybe McCarthy does with Jared. Who who made the point? Um, I'm trying to think. It might have been. I don't know if it was Miles or, or who, but... Uh... That Jarrah, I mean, Jared. we don't know how much time Jarrah has left. So Jarrah's going to do. What are you talking about? He got a new face like two years Jarrah, ago. Jarrah's going to do everything he can to desperately try to get back to the Super Bowl. So McCarthy wins a playoff game next year. I could still see him getting bounced. He's not going to get Peyton because Peyton's going to have a job before then, I think. Is he? Well, do they want two first rounders for him? Yeah, might not. Might end up getting Garrett to Dallas. Jared, he, if he got rid of McCarthy and he was still available next year, he'd give up the two first round. Even a five first round. Just be like,
0: I don't need the first round. Just give me Sean Payton here. Yeah. Sean Payton and Dak Prescott. Third place in the NFC East. <laughs> <laughs> Which would be fun. So, yeah. So, Kellen Moore fired by the Cowboys and now the offensive coordinator for the Chargers, or at least expected to be named the offensive coordinator for the Chargers. Uh, which will make it a fun way to see how the Chargers blow it next year because they always do.